Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Command Point. My name's Ryan. And I am Shane. And today we are taking a look at the uh, the new rules for the new and improved Intercessor Kill Team, the Intercession Squad Kill Team. This is a, a free rule set uh, available on Games Workshop. Uh, on there, excuse me, on the uh, Warhammer Community website. And uh, yeah, this is a really cool, really cool team. It's a mix of regular intercessors and assault intercessors, space marines, obviously. Yeah, I guess let's just go ahead and get straight into it, Shane. Yeah, so like you said, uh, assault intercessors, uh, uh, intercessor, um, basic intercessors. Uh, meanwhile, the heavy intercessors are crying into their pillows right now. Uh, they just didn't get to be included in the intercessor team, but this team, the the inter intercession, yes, the squad. intercession squad. Can't say I love that name. I'm probably just going to call them intercessor team forever. Uh, they have got so. First of all, I mean, I love that right off the bat. It just seems more basic, while still having like a lot of options and stuff. It does feel like a nice departure from what we've kind of gotten used to where a team is either out of a, like a box or a white dwarf and they've got like a million rules or they're the compendium and it's like crickets chirping and then like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, this team seems to strike a nice balance. So I guess we'll go over it. And then at the end, we'll give our, our hot takes because that's what people are here for. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You are um, absolutely right about this team. They are, um, there's not a lot of like aura abilities or ways in which models are buffing other units. Every single one of the models in this team is just like a, a standalone Space Marine, and they're out here doing Space Marine things as you want them to be. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? If you're a Space Marine player, this is like what you've wanted, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, I mean, it's not Death Watch, but I'm sure people that love Death Watch are probably going to like this team because I think it's going to strike that, like, it's going to, like, you know, Scratch that itch. I think the Death Watch players might have. So uh, let's take a look. So there's uh, first of all, they can take security and seek and destroy in addition to their faction tech ops, which we will we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. But um, it's a six model squad, just like the uh, all the other elite teams in the game right now, for the most part. Uh, you have the choice between an assault intercessor sergeant leader or a regular intercessor sergeant leader. Uh. It is pretty interesting how, uh, how uh, the options that these have. So, I mean, you can't have like a plasma pistol and a power weapon on the Assault Intercessor Sergeant. If you take a plasma pistol, you get a chainsword. If you want that power weapon, you can take a hand flamer or a heavy bolt pistol. So this is something I wish... I think they're starting to do this more, and I really like it. Because before, it's like there's absolutely no choice to be made, right? It's just right. you're just taking the power weapon and the plasma pistol every time. But now you're actually weighing which of those is more important to me. And I'm a fan of that. Um, personally, I like the plasma pistol. Uh, the chainsword is actually going to be totally fine most of the time. <laughs> but uh, that plasma pistol is just nasty. Um, yeah, it deletes but, yeah. things. Yeah. And then the intercessor sergeant gets to choose between an auto bolt rifle, a regular bolt rifle, or a stalker bolt rifle. Uh, and then he can choose a chainsword, his fists. I mean, don't do that. So don't don't choose uh, the fist. Power fist, power weapon, or thunder hammer. So probably going to be power weapon and uh, either the auto bolt rifle or the regular bolt rifle. Because the stalker, that's a heavy weapon. We don't want that. No. Um, not when your alternative is hitting on twos anyway. Uh, sometimes it's ceaseless. And then you pick five. Uh, operatives from the following list, and really the it's a basic assault intercessor, a regular intercessor, uh, with the same options uh, gun wise as the sergeant. But then you get an assault intercessor grenadier and an intercessor gunner who can take a who gets they don't get to take they just get mm -hmm. an artillery grenade launcher and uh, one of those bolt rifle options, which is just super cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess let's take a quick look at the tack ops. Because uh, usually the tack ops are interesting, I've noticed, because there's usually like one good one. Maybe the good teams are going to have two good ones. I, and if you're playing Corsairs, you get zero good ones. But uh, this team, I think, has at least one or two good ones. So I think it's pretty yes. online. Yes. 
So do you want to talk about shock and awe, which is my favorite? Yeah, it's my favorite too. So you reveal this tack op in the reveal tack op step of any turning point, and at the end of any turning point, if friendly operatives control one or more objective markers that were controlled by enemy operatives at the start of the turning point, you score one VP. If you achieve the first condition in any subsequent turning points, you score another VP. This one's pretty straightforward. You just want to take over the objectives that your opponent is controlling that turn. It's yep. what Space Marines want to do anyway, especially with this team. They want to get in their face quickly. They want to kill them all, and they want to take the objective. Yeah, I mean, how often are you looking at this and being like, oh, it looks like a bad pick this game? It, right. <laughs> it, it's, it, I like it a lot because it's something that rewards you for already playing the primary objective. So it's just yeah. one less thing to think about. Yep. I love it. I think on certain missions like domination, you know, it maybe if you want to like take the first point or the middle point early, it might be harder to get those back ones. But like, I don't know. I still think that this is just going to be good all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I love it. Uh, and then there's Champion of Mankind. So uh, you reveal it when a friendly intercessor operative incapacitates an enemy operative at the end of the battle. If that friendly operative has incapacitated more enemy operatives than each other friendly intercessor operative test during the battle, you score one victory point. Uh, and then if that friendly operative has incapacitated more enemy operatives than each other enemy operative has during the battle, you score one victory point. So I just said operative a lot. Yeah. Ryan, you want to just explain it in plain terms? All right. So you got to have one of your intercessors kill more of the enemy than any of the other intercessors on your team. And that same intercessor has got to kill... Uh, more of the enemy than any of the enemy kills of your models. All right. Did everybody get that? Yes. So <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, I, I'd, I'd give this one a C, honestly. Yeah, it's okay. Like, I can see it being okay against, like, a horde team, maybe. I don't even, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but definitely against a horde, Um, if you're really tech into, like, shooting or... If you wind up taking like a power fist on your sergeant or something for that uh that seven points of damage. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not as good as shock and awe. Uh there's better secondaries out there that you can take in place of this. Yeah. And then there's indomitable superiority. Yeah. Uh if enemy operatives do not control any objective markers, but an intercessor squad operative does, you score a victory point. And then if at the, the second bullet is if there are any less operatives in the kill zone than there are friendly operatives in the kill zone. All right. So one. so that first one is tough. I mean, they need to hold nothing. Yeah. This objective is bad on multiple levels. Your opponent needs to be holding no objective markers. And then there needs to be less enemy operatives in the kill zone than there are friendly intercessors in the kill zone. You're already starting with just six models so in order to whittle down like some of these horde teams that may be really really hard to do this is a secondary that rewards you for already winning the game um yeah. it's not going to help you win the game so this, is, this is an f for me Here, well, here's what's it's not an f for me because just because of the one scenario where you're playing against four custodies and you just get a free victory point on the first oh turn. yo that's so true actually <laughs> <laughs> just so stupid but All right. or heavy intercessors that's the other team we're... okay cool cool so uh, uh d minus yeah it's, no it's, right, it's like not a passing bad. grade for sure i can't give you no. a passing grade for this one but it's okay because shotgun is just so good that yeah. it doesn't matter um yeah. so let's talk about the uh and uh honestly they get security and Seek and Destroy, which I, I think are going to be great for this team anyway. So, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. if even one of these is good, that's, like, a bonus, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the chapter tactics, because yes. this is kind of, like, the the main thing that this team gets. Yeah. Basically, you have these uh, 15, or no, 12 chapter tactics here. So they're, like, abilities that you select on uh, when you create your roster and every model on your team gets that just for the whole game um and the like they're they're split into these four categories but the categories don't really matter unless you're using like a specific tack op so kind of just ignore the categories when you're picking for your roster 
because uh, they don't matter. Um, what's important is that you have to pick two. You get these two always, um, and and you have a, a ploy that you can use to like swap one out uh, that'll be related to the, the the category it's in. But I mean, do we want to just go over this? So I mean, you want to start with the martial zealotry options. Top of the martial zealotry chapter tactics here, we have aggressive. Each time this operative fights in combat. In an activation in which it performed a charge action, its melee weapons gain the rending critical hit rule for that combat. Um, I like that. Solid, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, one thing you're going to notice when you're reading these is that they all sound good. None of these are going to be like, oh, that sucks. They're, they're all good. It's just going to be a matter of picking which good things you want to always have on your team, uh, which I like. Mm-hmm. That feels better to me than, than being forced to take like the least crappy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, next up we have Dueler so this one's super interesting each time this operative fights in combat in the resolve successful hit step of that combat each time it parries with a critical hit you can select an additional normal hit of your opponents to be discarded so I think that one's super interesting um, You know, Shane what do you think about this one I mean that's pretty it's like having a storm shield kind of uh, it's not quite as good as a storm shield for like the double parry thing, but I, th- I think it's pretty interesting. Um, if you're up against like a uh, like a team that isn't particularly good in melee, like they're only getting three attacks, usually yeah, you, you'll if you have this, you're just going to parry everything they have and then kill them. Yeah, that's exactly um, what I was thinking. And with the way that combat, that melee combat works in this game, um. You know, you, you want to be avoiding as much chip damage as possible in combat anyways. So I think this one could, like, be, like, not not even, like, a sleeper pick. It's too early to tell, like, what the meta for the for the chapter tactics are going to be for uh, for this team, I think. But that one is up there for me right now. So rapid is simple. Cut and dry. You just add an inch to the operative's movement characteristic. I Always mean... good. Always love good. that. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite of these first three of the Marshall uh, Zealotry. Personally, it's just so like basic and you know having these guys moving seven inches or like charging nine inches. It's just kind of nuts. Uh so next is tactical evasion uh, chapter tactics. Uh we have got Raider. So this one's really interesting. This operative can perform the charge action while within engagement range of an enemy operative. In addition, each time this operative performs a normal move action, it cannot move within engagement range of an enemy, or it can't, oh, it, yeah, excuse me. It can move within engagement range of an enemy operative, but cannot finish its move there. So this one gives you, it, it makes your space marines really slippery. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if anybody's trying to move block you, this effectively, like, nullifies it, unless they're move blocking you with, just like their whole base and like a narrow choke point or something. Some, Pretty interesting. Someone's going to figure out a way to make this work like amazingly, I think. I think the first part might not be that great just because if you're in engagement range of something, as we're going to find out, you're probably killing it <laughs> most of the time. Um, yeah, but that true. second part is intriguing to me. Yeah. In the mirror, it might be really good. Yeah, just because like performing that charge action even while you're already within engagement range, um, you know you're gonna get first hit that way. So I think of it mm-hmm. as kind of like a fights first potentially type situation. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about stealthy here. Yeah, this sure. is one of my favorite ones. So, oh really? Um, okay. It is. Yeah. Each time a shooting attack is made against this operative, in the roll defense dice step of that shooting attack before rolling your defense dice. If it's in cover and more than six inches from the active operative, you can do one of the following. Retain one additional die as a successful normal save as a result of cover. Or you can retain one dice as a successful critical save instead of a normal save as a result of cover. So I've played a lot of Wormblade. And the cult agents have an ability that's basically very similar to this. They just they don't have the six-inch uh, qualifier. Mm-hmm. I th- this is really good in my opinion, just for for keeping. Like, if you want to play more aggressively with your models, uh, this ability here is going to let you trade uh, a lot more liberally with some of these teams that that you'd otherwise be 
uh, afraid of, of of getting into uh, shootouts with. Mm. Um, being able to save two two out of your three saves without having to even roll anything is just amazing. Um, and being able to retain that cover or that critical save with your one is uh, even better sometimes. And, and honestly, I've I've mathed this out back when I was playing Wormblade a lot, and I think there's there's situations for both, but I think more often than not, it's better to save a crit. Uh, assuming they have a you know a crit in there, this is just I mean it's it's very good. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of this one. Passing grade for me, I give it a nice A. <laughs> An A? That's more than a passing grade. Very passing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's doing quite well. All right. Uh, next up we have got uh mobile. Uh, this operative can perform the fallback action for one less action point to a minimum of one AP. So um. You know, if you've ever played Ultramarines in Big 40k, one of the things that they can do is fall back and shoot, um, which a lot of other, you know, units and armies can't do. It's one of the things that makes them unique. So if you're trying to LARP as Ultramarines, this is the one for you. Um, especially if you're taking Intercessors, if one of them gets charged, fall back with them for... Because fall back costs 2 AP. Mm -hmm. So you fall back for 1 AP. And then with the other two AP, you just shoot the model that just charged you. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, as we we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, the intercessors, their their one of their abilities, their only ability, I think, actually, is um, bolter discipline. You get to shoot twice. Yeah, not as a ploy, but just as a passive ability, which is big fan of very that. very good. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to Gene Rot Resilience. Uh, there's Unyielding, which I think is right out the bat going to be a really popular one for people. Mm -hmm. uh, add one to this operative's wounds characteristics. So in the compendium, um, Intercessors have 13 wounds, uh, with the Sergeants having 14. So in this team, though, in the, in the Intercession team, the Intercessors have 14 base with the Sergeants having 15. If you give them Unyielding, that's 15 wound. Uh, basic intercessors and a 16 wound sergeant on the six operative team that that is nuts i mean i i haven't really gone deep into like the the exact math that, that's gonna where, where where this ends up being relevant but just as a stat line uh 15 wound marines 16 wound sergeants sounds crazy uh and i'm a fan of it mm -hmm. it just sounds sounds pretty good to me <laughs> Uh, next up is durable. We have critical hits inflict one less damage on this operative, so it literally turns, in most cases, a crit into just normal damage. Um, yeah, I love I'm, that personally. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I actually really like it. Do you put it above or below unyielding? Oh, so tough. Well, you have to think how many times you're getting hit with a crit, right? Because each time you get hit with a crit, if you have durable. It's like you have one extra wound, effectively. Okay. So if if you expect to get hit by a crit more than once in a game, it's kind of better, right? Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty. And, safe and if bet. you're if you're only getting hit by a crit once in a game, then it's just as good. It's only worse, really, if you're never getting hit by a crit ever. So I I actually think that durable might be better than unyielding, just like flat out. Makes maybe, sense. Maybe, why not take both? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, so then we have Hardy. Um, Hardy. Each time a shooting attack is made against this operative in the roll defense dice step of that shooting attack, retain defense dice results of five up are crit saves. It's like lethal five, but like the Reverse. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Uh, it's not as good as like a weapon having lethal five because uh, you only have three saves. Usually, most weapons that have lethal five are going to have four or five attacks or shots um this is probably i don't know this one seems like the worst of the ones we've looked at especially when you could just take stealthy right and then if you're in cover you're getting crits way easier anyway yeah um i don't know i don't know i would give this one a this is this is like a c to me yeah i don't know if that's what i'm would thinking be lower than a c if i'm being no honest. i i don't think any of them are so far um Next up is the Discipline of Iron subcategory. We've got Accurate. Each time this operative makes a shooting attack with a bolt weapon, uh, if you retain any critical hits, that weapon gains the no-cover special rule for that shooting attack. 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah, this one is like sometimes it doesn't matter because they just might not have cover anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're relying on a crit, which uh, we'll get into it. But there's like a way to give one guy lethal five. Yep, I'm sure it's is. worth to take. I don't know if it's worth taking accurate just for that one equipment piece, but uh, I don't love this one. This one might be the lowest on my ranking personally. Not that we're doing a ranking, but I don't know if you need this. I don't know. You want to talk about methodical? So this is my favorite one. This is actually my real favorite one. Oh, okay. Well, you talk about it then. This one is the one that I think, personally, I will be taking every time I play this team. Wow, okay. Unless they change it. So methodical, you can ignore any or all modifiers to the ballistic skill and weapon skill characteristic of this operative's weapons. So you, uh, if you're injured, you're not suffering that minus. If you're overwatching, you're not suffering that minus. This is so so good. I mean, this is just really good in my oh, opinion. Oh, I because, didn't I didn't think about the Overwatch. Yeah, any or all modifiers. So the only modifier you have to worry about, period, if you're injured, is is the movement. All right, like having that one less circle. Um, I think I think this is really good. Um, especially with you know you've only got six models. A lot of the time, once a model gets injured, it's just like it's a toss up on whether their activation is, is actually going to be any good or not, because you're usually hitting on fours now. So it's like you're coin flipping every attack. Um, but with methodical, you don't ever have to worry about that. You can have a one wound Marine that is capable of like killing multiple things still in its turn reliably because of methodical. Um, and because of that, I really, really like methodical and I, I think I'm going to be stapling it to to my uh, my intercessor roster here. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, lastly, we have deadly sharpshooter. So for the bolt weapon, this operative is equipped with subtract one from its crit damage characteristic, and it gains the mortal wounds one critical hit rule. So throwing out a mortal wound on a crit. I can't imagine ever taking this, but I still like it more than. Uh, hardy and accurate <laughs> um i just do i love having mortal wound one yeah and it is it like some people are gonna look at this and be like oh it's like the same thing but obviously it is slightly better um i wish there was like a rending weapon so that way you could pair this with um with a rending so that way you get a crit and it's like two mortals mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately i don't believe there's any rending on this team except for aggressive which is yeah not- a bolt weapon thing that is what the... are your favorites ryan what, what's here's a hot take before we move on to the the tactics, sure, sure, what are sure. your favorite two what like if you make a roster right now what two are you taking i'm curious so i actually did some brainstorming last night and you know i we were hanging out what feels like probably like two months ago and remember i was kit bashing up some of those uh black templar intercessors and assault intercessors mm-hmm. well i think I what I did was I wanted to like reflect their chapter tactics in 40k as best I could and kill team with this list here. So I chose to go with aggressive for the rending critical hit rule in melee, and then I mm-hmm. also chose unyielding. But you know now that you were talking about how durable works, I think I would probably switch from unyielding to durable. Nice. I I really like that thought, Ryan. The uh... The idea of going for try, trying to replicate that that Black Templar play style. Um, uh, so for for my side, uh, I think you can already tell that I really love Methodical. Uh, I'm a huge fan of of that ignore, you know, injury thing. It's one of my favorite parts about playing Plague Marines. If I ever do that, yep. Uh, and I think Custodes players, if you've played a lot of Custodes, you probably know how good that is too. Um, so I think I'll be stapling Methodical to, like I said earlier, to my intercessor roster and the second one is more of a toss-up between durable uh, because of that critical hit inflicting one less damage and stealthy um i can i can see myself i'm up if i'm up against like a gun line perhaps using stealthy um oh yeah especially if i'm anticipating running a lot of uh you know regular intercessors that want to get in those shootouts I, I can see that being a really powerful uh ability but it is tempting too to just do like durable or unyielding paired with methodical and just 
pretend like I'm playing Plague Marines, right? Yeah. It's just my Nurgle intercessors <laughs> that never die. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, the other um, the other thought that I had was dueler with raider. Um just because mm-hmm. you're you're just turning into like this melee monster where it's like you want to be in melee all the time and you're not really that worried about you know taking chip damage from like horde teams. I don't know, it just seems really interesting to me. It it is an interesting combination of like charging one model and like parrying them down and then staying in combat with them instead of killing them. Uh like parrying them down because of dueler. Um uh, and kind of like using that safety in combat so that you can't get shot at. And then next turn, because you have Raider, you can charge from that operative onto another operative that's further back that might be a like a more high value target. Exactly. So I, I think that is a really interesting combination there, and I, I really like that thought. All right. So let's go ahead and move on now to their ploys. This is the one thing I actually did not take notes on last night, so this will kind of be a fresh look for me. Um, do you want to start us off here with the strategic ploys? Sure. Uh, so we've got a few doctrine ploys, uh, and it's worth noting, it's going to say on all these, that you can only use one of these ploys per turn if it says doctrine at the end of that so uh very reminiscent of 40k space marines but let's take a look so we've got the devastator doctrine so until the end of the turning point each time a friendly intercessor operative makes a shooting attack against an enemy operative that's more than six inches from it and the roll attack dice step of that shooting attack you can re-roll one of your attack dice so that's great and i'm just gonna i'm I'm gonna skip reading it over again tactical doctrine is the same thing except if they're within six inches so it would make sense that, you know, if you're early in the game, you might be more willing to take Devastator Doctrine when your opponents are across the board. Uh, but maybe later in the game, when things start getting a little more up close, you take that Tactical Doctrine and you get that reroll because they're, you know, they might be up in your face or uh, inversely, you might be up in their face. Um, and then we've got the Assault Doctrine, which is more melee centric, uh, basically, uh, whenever you uh, charge. I guess, sorry, if if you perform a charge action uh, and uh, w- when you fight in that activation and the roll attack dice step of the combat, you get to reroll one of your attack dice. Uh, this one, I think, is less good just because the models that are going to be using it a lot of the time, the assault intercessors, they don't really need the rerolls. They're going to have five attacks on threes. Whereas I think the bolt weapons in shooting are going to get a lot more mileage out of those rerolls. Yeah from the Tech Doctrine and the Devastator Doctrine. That's just my first opinion on it. And then, of course, we have And They Shall Know No Fear, which is cool to see this as a strategic ploy. We saw this from the Phobos team as well. Uh, you ignore any or all modifiers to the APL, the friendly intercession squad operatives, and they are never injured. So um, one of the reasons why I really like the methodical chapter tactic is because it kind of eliminates the need for ever having to spend CP on this. Yep. Um, I mean, you could look at it the other way, right? As you can say, well, I can just, you know, spend a CP if I get injured and then I don't have to take methodical, which is true. But um, I I personally rather save the CP for, you know, your tech ploys and your strategic ploys rather than uh, taking a different free chapter tactic um, and, and just running They Shall Know No Fear all the time. Right, right. Uh, so looking here at the tactical ploys, first up we have adaptive tactics for 1 CP. Use this tactical ploy in the select a kill team step when selecting your kill team. Change one of your chapter tactics. Uh, <laughs> uh, change one of your chapter tactics abilities from the battle to another from the same category. You can only use this ploy once per battle. So probably not the best use of CP, um, because you're probably already building a team around, you know, the the two chapter tactics. I don't know. Maybe treat this thing as like a sideboard type deal. What do you think? Yeah, and it's interesting that it has to come from the same category too. So right off the bat, if I'm taking methodical, um, if I want to swap out methodical, which I probably never will, my other options are accurate or deadly sharpshooter, which which don't really seem super useful to me. Um, at least, and there's certainly no replacement for methodical. They're doing completely different things. Uh, but what I do like 
for instance, say I have Stealthy as one of my two, and I run up against a team that has very little shooting, then in that instance, I might want to swap adaptive tactics to something like Raider or Mobile. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the time you're not going to need to use this. It's it's kind of a niche thing. It's cool that you have the flexibility to to do it if you want, though. And like you said, this this definitely has potential at a tournament. Um, that being said, you're starting down a CP, which never feels great. All right. So next up, we have transhuman physiology for one CP. Use this tactical ploy in the roll defense dice step of a shooting attack. After rolling defense dice for a friendly intercession squad operative, you can retain one of your successful normal saves as a critical save instead. Uh, so yeah, this is classic. I love yeah. this play. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, what I what I like about it is that it's a sure thing. It's almost like the faith point stuff, right? That novitiates have where they're they're spending their currency and they're not re-rolling, right? They're not like spending their currency to get a maybe. It's you know when you spend what you're getting, and uh, yeah, that's it's a sure thing. Uh, next up, we have Angel of Death once again for one CP. Use this tactical ploy at the end of the firefight phase. Select one friendly intercessor squad operative to perform a free fight action. Okay, so it's possible to have a assault intercessor fight three times in the same yeah. round. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited to play this team, man. There's just yeah, a too. lot of different a lot of different avenues of play with these guys. Yeah, I will say Angel of Death is is kind of scary in the sense it's it's cool if you're in combat with multiple things, but let's say you because uh, this happens at the end of the firefight phase, so it's before the next turn starts, before you roll initiative. If you're in combat with one thing, and use Angel of Death and kill it, and the next turn you lose initiative, suddenly you've got that model sitting out in, in the open, true, uh, no longer safe in combat. So that can be a little bit of a uh, you, you situational. Can yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, lastly, here we have Wrath of Vengeance for 1 CP. Use this tactical ploy when a friendly intercessor uh, operative is incapacitated. Before that operative is removed from the kill zone, it can perform a free shoot action, unless otherwise specified the operative would be injured for this. So, yeah. uh, shoot on death, that's... That's good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the nice part is uh, you'd be injured for it if you're taking Methodical. Yeah, you it it just care. all comes back to methodical. All I right. Think it's the best. All I right. do think it's the best. I think you're right. <laughs> just a huge fan of it. So now we get to do the really exciting task of actually looking at the operatives. Mm -hmm. So we've already talked about the loadouts here as we scroll down and look at the uh, the sergeants. Um, like I mentioned, though, 15 wounds on the sergeants, 14 wounds on the basic guys. That's a lot. That is a very tanky team that we have here. Um, not quite on the level of like, um, like a plague marine, in my opinion. But this is pretty close, as we mentioned before. So an assault intercessor, uh, and this the sergeant has it, but all the assault intercessors have this. They have shock assault as a passive ability. They can always perform two fight actions. This is kind of unheard of on a team wide level. Um, usually, these kinds of abilities are either, you know, restricted to a single model. Or it's a strategic play that you need to pay for in the uh, strategy phase. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they can just always fight twice, or if it's a regular intercessor, they can shoot twice. The action economy of this team is kind of just through the roof um, in terms of like the offensive action economy, I guess I should say. Just being able to always, you know, deal damage and and play aggressive and take enemies off the board. I just I'm a huge fan of that. Worth noting uh, for the sergeants is that the assault intercessor sarge, his plasma pistol hits on threes, yeah, not twos. And conversely, the uh, regular intercessor sergeant, his power weapon and chainsword, they only have four attacks hitting on threes, not you know five on twos or anything. So it makes sense, but uh, these these sergeants aren't as insane <laughs> as most sergeants are, right? Uh, so I guess, I mean, is there anything you want to highlight on the, like, basic guys before we talk about, like, the Grenadier and the and the Gunner? Um, Nothing really. Like I said before, you know, Assault Intercessors, they get the Shock Assault 
ability where they can perform two fight actions during their activation two fight actions during their activation uh so that's pretty cool um and then they also the yeah the the regular intercessors they've got bolter discipline where they can perform two shoot actions um i do want to highlight that the stalker bolt rifle i think is just bad um on this yeah. team because it's a heavy weapon You've only got six models on this team. You want to get the most mobility and firepower out of them as you possibly can. And taking a stalker bolt rifle is just going to hamstring one of those models and just bring the whole team down. So I say either go auto bolt rifle or bolt rifle. Um, I do like the bolt rifle with a specific piece of equipment that we're going to talk about here soon. But yeah. Yeah. So I guess going down to the Grenadier, uh, it's important to note that this model just gets... Frag and crack grenades all the time. Yep. Um, <laughs> I guess I should say they, they don't cost equipment points. Um, the, to my understanding, they're still limited. Uh, it's just you just get them for free. Uh, so you can, I think you can only use them once per, because otherwise we've had situations in the past where it, it clarifies that they don't have the limited rule. It doesn't say that here. So I would imagine you get your crack grenade and your frag grenade on this model. And once you use it, it's gone. And then uh, looking at the Intercessor Gunner. So the grenade launcher, it is, it's just a grenade launcher. But here's the interesting thing. Bolter Discipline says, this operative can perform two shoot actions during its activation if a bolt weapon is selected for at least one of those shooting attacks. Ooh, so the, I like yeah, that. So this goes for other, like for grenades too. For the, uh, like if you take a crack grenade or something for some reason. Um, on a, on a intercessor but for the intercessor gunner you can shoot your grenade launcher and then shoot your bolt rifle uh, that's that's a legal thing whereas in the past bolter discipline usually means both need to be bolter weapons right uh, this team just kind of over and over again it just looks like they're they have less limitations than a lot of other bespoke teams yeah um and i think that's because their toolbox isn't as complex so there there, there isn't the need for these limitations and uh, it just it's it strikes me as is a really fun team to play, um, right off the bat. So Ryan, you had some thoughts about the equipment. Do you wanna do you wanna start us off on those? Yeah, sure. So um, that piece of equipment on the bolt rifle I wanted to talk about that is the Vengeance class scope for three equipment points. Select a bolt rifle or stalker bolt rifle. Hint: We're never gonna be taking the stalker bolt rifle. Um, uh, that weapon gains the lethal five up special rule for that for the battle. And that is important because lethal 5-up, I believe, chains with the P1 critical hit rule. So it's just up for three equipment points. You're just upping your chances of critting with the bolt rifle. Um, you know, it, it turns it into a real weapon as opposed to just a regular bolter. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time I'm going to be tempted to, for the Vengeance class, just take that three times. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> especially I mean, with is... like the methodical, you know, and yeah, it's just really interesting. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the next one? The Reclusium Blessed Bolts. So this one you can only take once. Um, and he, this is kind of the main reason why I won't take three Vengeance class scopes is because I, I can't see myself not taking this on the leader, uh, like an intercessor leader. Uh, it's three equipment points. Uh, you just make the bolt gun 4-5 instead of 3-4. So you put this on a leader who's hitting on twos. Yeah, uh, that is really strong. Hitting on twos. And, and if you want to go super crazy, you can give the leader Vengeance Class Scope and Reclusium Blessed <laughs> Bolts. And you just have this this guy, this turret in the back line. Yeah. That's your leader. Yeah. Shooting twice, hitting on twos, damage 4-5 with P1. And lethal five, like I, that's just nuts. Like, just make I, him the main character. Yeah, I mean that's just so so good, right? Yeah. All right. So next up here we have tilting shield for three equipment points. Uh, each time this operative fights in combat in the roll attack dice step of that combat, your opponent cannot retain attack dice results of less than six as critical hits. So this basically uh, nullifies the lethal X or rending rules. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting in my black Templars list. I had written up, I had this on a, uh, 
on an assault intercessor sergeant with a heavy bolt pistol and power fist um just for some extra durability um you know probably don't want to be taking this in every matchup because there's just some teams out there that don't have melee weapons with lethal x or rending um so yeah i think it's okay i yeah, give it a C. there's there's certain teams in my opinion that you'll take this against them like say you have three you say you're going three and three three intercessors three assault intercessors and if you put this on your three assault intercessors there there are certain teams that are just going to be like bewildered just absolutely hamstrung yeah yeah as like how how do i kill this model i'm because like if i'm playing uh like for instance say say you're playing corsairs uh-huh. and your your melee the only thing keeping your melee relevant is lethal five right and, and say you're playing against like you're playing a bunch of you've got a few like assault intercessors you give them the tilting shields and then you also give them a uh, dueler so you're parrying twice yep and yep. they're not counting their crit their elite their uh, lethal five crits against you it's like what are they supposed to do in in melee they they just fold. I mean, granted, they're going to fold anyway because they're corsairs against this. But <laughs> I mean, this is just brutal, right? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, we've got the purity seal. This uh, hasn't really changed from its previous iterations. It's three equipment points. Um, you can take as many of it as you want. Uh, once per battle. Uh, whenever you're making a shooting attack, or whenever you're fighting in combat, or whenever somebody is shooting at you, uh, you can use the command reroll tactical ploy for free. Yeah, on some teams that don't have amazing options for equipment, I actually do like purity seals, but this team has some great equipment options, and I just don't know. Like, if I ever did take it, it would probably be on, like, the intercessor sergeant with his plasma pistol, maybe. I could see but- that, yeah. That's a, the only situation I can think of. <laughs> um, next up, we've got the Auspex, which can only be taken once. It's two equipment points. Uh, you get the Auspex scan ability. It's one AP. Uh, you select an enemy operative visible to or within six inches of this operative, and until the end of the turning point, they're not obscured, and they cannot retain dice from cover. It's I I, I, like, I, it, like, I, I yeah, so I like it. Yeah, I go first. Yeah. You just said you like it, and I, I just said I don't like it. Yeah, so I I like it, but I don't like it that much like i i wound up passing on it in the list i had written up um for me it's that six inches if i'm a space marine if i got a space marine within six inches of a model i don't want to spend one ap to it's or to be fair it's visible to or oh it's visible to or within six inches oh okay well now i like it a lot more um (laughs) You know, I mean, we were just I, talking about that sergeant with um with the super bolt rifle, uh, just hanging out in the backfield. I mean, this gives it, this makes it easier for him to see some targets to shoot at. You know, for sure. And I think on some boards with really dense heavy terrain, I think there's definitely an argument for it. But one of the things we talked about early on, Ryan, was that we really like how this team feels like every model is very self sufficient, and you're not worrying about auras. Ah, uh, true. Because you've only got you've got six models, right? And you want them all to be doing their own thing and supporting themselves rather than you know having one guy that helps another guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that Auspex scan it doesn't particularly serve the function that I think this team really wants. But I do agree that there are some board layouts where something like this could be really powerful. So yeah. do we want to move on to the one equipment point combat blade? Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you, you go ahead. You yeah, Space Marine gets a knife. Uh, they get four attacks, hitting on hitting on threes, damage three five. Honestly, the 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 five damage for crits, that's not bad. I and it's one EP. From the sounds, you might have one left over. <laughs> just throw it on an intercessor, you know, just in case. It's barely better than fist. The only difference is the extra crit damage. Other than that, it's the same as fist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of like throw it on your um one point. Yeah. Throw it on the uh, the intercessor gunner because you're always going to be taking that model anyways. There. Mm-hmm. There you go. Frag and crap grenades honestly useless because you have that grenadier. In, in my opinion, I think you'll always take that grenadier, uh, right. which these 
these equipment pieces off the table. Obviously, crack grenades are amazing, but you'll never be able to take it. So, which is a good thing for this team because now, right, you have more equipment points for the Vengeance class scope, for the Reclusium Blessed Bolts, uh, potentially the Tilting Shield in some situations. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really love the equipment options for this team. This is like, lately, I feel like I'm looking at the new bespoke teams, like out of the Morak, and I'm looking at the equipment options, and I'm just kind of not thrilled. But some of these choices are really, really strong. Yeah. And it feels like a departure, in my opinion. Yeah, so that is pretty much everything for the new intercession team outside of like the uh, the narrative rules and the spec ops, rare equipment, all that sort of stuff. If you're interested in that, you know, I'm going to leave a link in the description below uh, for you to get, for you guys to go and uh, find this, you know, free rules document for the new intercessor team. Uh, Shane, how would you build your intercessor kill team? Well, my, my gut says that I really want an intercessor sergeant not the assault intercessor sergeant, because I think that the hitting on twos and shooting is more valuable than hitting on twos in melee, personally, uh, just because your your alternatives for the assault intercessors are already getting five attacks, right? So you usually don't need that volume uh, as badly. I think a lot of the time we're going to see a... Um, we're, we're, we're probably going to see the intercessor gunner and the grenadier every game. So that's three of your six operatives right there mm-hmm. uh, one of which is, is an assault intercessor because the grenadier yep and the intercessor sergeant having you know the option for a melee weapon and i think it's going to be a tough call on whether or not you want to take just three race uh, regular intercessors or maybe take two intercessors and one assault um i i think the shooting playstyle might be a little bit stronger but i i can totally see having a nice healthy mix in there as well um, uh, as I've already mentioned, I'm probably going to be taking methodical as often as, as often as I can paired with either stealthy or durable, maybe unyielding. How about you? Um, yeah, so I think I want to find kind of, I I'm looking for like a balance between good melee models and good shooting. I think I'm with you on taking the, um, the intercessor sergeant just for you know the better shooting um and the uh obviously we're going to be taking the intercessor gunner and the assault intercessor grenadier um but the rest i think i would just fill out with just assault intercessors and then for chapter tactics i really do like the aggressive and the um not the unyielding but the um uh the durable the durable for the chapter tactics or you know if i really want to get fancy with it i i do want to try out dueler with raider at some point because i think there's some neat tricks that you could perform in melee that you wouldn't otherwise be able to perform in any other team really mm-hmm. i really like that dueler raider idea it's not something i thought of until you mentioned it and i can see it being like even if it's not the the most optimal thing, I can see it being a really fun playstyle mm-hmm. um, that, that could potentially have uh, have an avenue. Uh, so, do you have any hot takes on this team, Ryan? Do, do you do you want to start? Um, hot takes. Um, jeez, I don't know. So you got six models here who effectively have I say effectively have like six or uh, excuse me, sixteen and fifteen wounds. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be taking either unyielding or uh, or uh, durable, essentially. Um, so that's a lot of bodies. They've got really good saves um, with the chapter tactics. That gives them a really cool, that gives them a bunch of like really cool bonuses. It, I, d- I don't want to say this is a top tier team because I don't truly think it is, you know. I'm talking about how tanky these guys are, but it's nothing that like a meltagun wouldn't be able to smoke through. So, um, but th- this team is competitively viable. It's at least a tier for me, if we're doing a tier list. 
I, you know, I appreciate the, the, um, the, I pre I do like acknowledge and appreciate the approach you're taking of being cautious. It, it is a brand new team. Um, so it, on one hand, I do want to shy away a little bit from, from being too, uh, having too strong of an opinion out the gate, but at the same time, I do kind of have a strong opinion out the gate. Yeah, it's a I, hot take. Give us the hot take, yeah. Shane. I, I think this is the best elite team in the game right now, um, coming right out of the gate. And I think it's going to be a really strong part of the meta in, in the same way that Void Dancers came and, and were immediately pretty dominant. Uh, I think they're a lot easier to play, which is is going to, uh, in all likelihood, lead to a pretty high win rate like we saw from Void Dancers. Mm. So um, that paired with just the the sheer quality of the models that, that we're dealing with and, and the low cognitive load that I think is going to be involved with the team, mm-hmm. I think they're they're going to be an S tier team right out of the gate and, and maybe on the in, into the dark meta that we're kind of entering. I think this has a sleeper potential to be the single best team, but it's it, it remains to be seen. Obviously, and we're going to have to see how it does in in tournament play, but I'm really excited to put them on the table and to, to see just how strong they're going to be. Well, all right, guys, you heard it here first. Space Marine meta confirmed in Kill Team. Uh, back to Shane and mine's glory days of a Kill Team <laughs> first edition. I could not be happier with this team. Uh, just give me a storm shield. Yeah, just <laughs> give just give me a jump pack. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you guys for watching today's video. If you like the video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you guys think of the new Intercession Squad Kill Team down in the comments below. If you want to continue the conversation, go ahead and join our Discord. Link to that in the description below. And, you know, if you want to support us, you know, you really like what we're doing and you want to go uh, beyond just you know uh like liking commenting and subscribing uh go ahead and check out our patreon um we've got some cool stuff for our patrons over there and you know we'd be happy to have you and forever grateful for your support so thank you guys for watching and we'll see you again in the next one